Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, Dave, and occasionally a special guest here to talk about the club that we love, Tottenham Hotspur. Come on, you Spurs. Let's go. Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, and Dave. Mike, how are you? I'm pretty good, man. Uh, how are you today? I, I, I you know, I got to tell you, I've on Sunday after the match, I uh, went over to a friend's house and I and I started to. Uh, I was watching some some uh, American football, some NFL, um, and I started getting this little cough, and I was like, "Oh shit!" So I was like, "You know, is our friend Kamal, uh, our man, you friend?" I said, "But I gotta, I gotta take off. I got I got a little bit of a cough, and I don't want to drag you and your family into this right now." So I took off, and uh, overnight, over that night, I got it got worse and worse. I woke up in the middle of the night, and I was coughing nonstop for hours. So. Uh, of course, I had to call employee health at work, you know, for Monday, and they said, well, come on down, we'll test you, don't go to work. Got tested, and, you know, to the to the credit of, of my hospital, they got me uh, tested out, and uh, and uh, the test results came back quickly. You know, they do that for healthcare workers, so they get back to work taking care of the, the COVID people. So I, uh, I tested negative for COVID, that's good. The bad part was that it is my traditional, you know, holiday cold that I haven't had for a couple of years. Because, of course, we've all been wearing masks. So, um, I got my holiday cold from my son, who is, uh, you know, he's a germ magnet, just like any kid. And in uh, germ spreader, of course. So, I got my holiday cold, and here I am, uh, stuffy nose and all. But I'm, I'm on the uh, other side of the cold now. So, I feel like I've turned a, I've turned a corner and... Uh, Got my little vitamin C drink, and uh, we got a good result today, so we can talk about that in a little bit. When we do, hey Mike, what you drinking later? You're drinking vitamin C drink. Is that am I is the spoiler alert ready to go uh, or what? No, 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 no. I I, I promised. I had a, I had a good one, uh, perfect for the occasion, perfect for the day. So uh, yeah. All right, we're we're excited about that, and we're glad you are feeling okay enough to be with us, and that you are COVID negative. We're at least we're at least pleased with that. That was, yeah, that's the reason for the delay this week. So sorry, folks. That's all right. I think people might like us midweek, you know? We're like a midweek yeah. fixture. Maybe we should change to becoming a midweek fixture. Ah, that's too much work. Steve, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. Um, you know, I, I, I don't have a segment, but I just uh, cracked open that, uh, that Daily Dolly. It's a Dolly Parton beer, uh, courtesy of Pro Pig. Um, I get the sense Steve is, is pining for a segment. Mike, are you feeling that? Uh, I think we should but, let him in one of these days. Maybe <laughs> maybe on his birthday we'll let him in. I, I, I can tell you, though, that, uh, that's really funny you're drinking that Dolly Parton beer because last week um, I, I started off with the Willie Nelson beer. All right, that's right. I forgot yeah, about but, that. Yeah, but, I mean, that's not what we reviewed, but that's that's, that's kind of funny. Two different right. companies, right? So, so Steve yeah. rocking the Dolly Parton beer. What else do you have to share with us tonight, Steve? Uh, you know, just looking forward to the holidays. You know, it's going to be Isaac's first one where he's actually, you know, starting to understand what's going on so he'll, you know he'll get to open his own presence and you know get into the uh the excitement of it all and so i'm really looking forward to to playing santa this week it's going to be a good time that's like i'm i'm zeroed in on that day in particular just to watch this kid's face light up when he realizes all these boxes that showed up overnight they're all for me like what's going on here my that kids cool. are are somehow still still dumb to the idea that all of these Amazon boxes that keep showing up, you know, like, <laughs> oh, those must be for mom, you know. Oh, mom, or what did mom order this time? And they, like, they've been buying this shit for years, and it's just, it's so funny. But I gotta tell you, Steve, what you gotta do these first couple of years where he's really like figuring out Christmas, you got to take a lot of video because I've over the years I've kind of just stopped taking video. Take take the video and really enjoy it because I have some videos of my kids and like little Lucas is like dancing to the Nutcracker in his diaper. I'm gonna use that to embarrass him someday. You know, he he eventually yeah, has a partner of some sort and 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 you know, I'm I'm sure I'll use that to embarrass him someday. So uh, yeah, and Steve, Steve, my advice to you would be start now creating traditions and stick with them because they will totally stick. So an example, uh, my, my two boys are uh, college age and almost college age. Uh, that's university for our friends across the pond. Um, 
but but we started when they were little like we'd get up on christmas morning and they had to sit at the top of the stairs because dad had to go down and check and see if santa had been there now in reality dad is making coffee and letting the dog out and you know just doing things that you know get the day started turning the christmas lights on but even to this day my 20 and 17 year old son will anxiously sit at the top of the stairs because they know that they have to wait for me to give them the green light that it's it's okay to come down and, and check out the uh, the spread of Christmas presents. So I'm telling you, start now, make up whatever you want, do it again next year, and like your grandkids will end up doing the same thing one day. There's there's a cool uh, cool reality to how that plays out. Mike, oh, you yeah, got any we, of that kind of stuff that goes on? We do, we do. Um, it, we have a we have a similar thing, um, but we allow the kids to. Um, we have we had we started this years ago. Um, probably right after probably around the same time that you know lucas was about isaac's age right <clears throat> so enough for lily to go into lucas's room and wake him up and say hey let's go see if santa came so they go downstairs and of course we're already awake in bed and we we allow them to go downstairs and then come up and pretend to sleep so that they can wake us up and say hey santa came santa came so that's that's kind of our thing that that we do we do kind of the opposite of what dave does cool very cool and then and then of course we have our uh after christmas dinner walk in the 17 below zero weather you know that's 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 another tradition that we do that we actually bundle right up and we we take about a probably a good half mile half mile walk up the road and back work off that dinner you know work off all that prime rib there you go steve just just trying to give you the ideas Uh, i'll get another one for you actually long time ago one christmas i i cut some of the red fuzz off of like a red santa hat and got it tangled up into the uh the chain screen on our fireplace if you can picture kind of that chainmail type screen yeah. so the next morning it's like look part of santa's coat got caught in the uh in the fireplace screen and that that story stuck man that still gets talked about so you know any stupid idea you can come up with to uh to make santa more real i've got cool. plenty of stupid ideas so there, there you go you're good to go <laughs> Hey, uh, let's uh, let's get to. We got some good stuff to talk about. So, by us recording midweek, we have a a weekend fixture to talk about that includes Jurgen Klopp being a whiny crybaby. Love it. Um, and then we had a positive result today. So let's start with the weekend. Is that okay with you guys? Absolutely. Steve, why don't you get after it for us? What uh, what what did you take away from the the Liverpool match on Sunday? Uh, I mean, my I think the big takeaway that that. I'm sure most Spurs fans would agree with is if we were able to finish, we could have run away with that game easily. The chances that we created for ourselves were just such high quality. Um, and, you know, there were a couple where, uh, where Allison had to make some, some decent saves. Um, but then there were some where it's just like, you know, if, if you were a bit sharper, you know, we, we could have been up three, four, nothing at one point, like, it's it's i'm happy with the result you know going into it i i would have said a draw would be a a good result to to take away um in hindsight having seen the game i'm more in the boat that we definitely should have come away with more um it's a a little bit disappointing that we didn't um i'm not saying it was a, a a complete you know, loss in that we, we dropped or anything because a point is uh, against Liverpool is a really good result, but you know, it, it just feels like we're, we're still one or two pieces away from being absolutely devastating to any team we would go up against. Um, and it just kind of has me thinking like, you know, if we had uh, a, a striker who was on form, if we had somebody who was really performing up top, uh, then it would just be lights out. Like there's not a single team I can see this Conte squad going against that would, that would be difficult, uh, which is, it, it's nice to say, but uh, it's, it's like, you know, I feel like we say it all the time. We're just one or two pieces away, just one or two. Is this finally going to be it? I mean, I, I have to think so. It We're just, we're so close to just being this absolutely a terrible team to go up against like it, we're, we're going to be a dominant force if if you know Conte gets backed and, and we can bring in some of the uh, players that that he wants and you know ship off some of the players that don't fit in with his uh with his philosophy 
Um, and I think that Liverpool match is, is for me, that's got to be a turning point for a lot of these guys to, to go to a, a, an informed Liverpool team and come away with a point, knowing that you could have put the game to bed. Um, and I think we saw that a bit today, you know, we'll, we'll get to it a bit more that, that seems to have been a springboard that just lets people know, Hey, you know, if I buy into this Conte guy, the results will come. Um, you know, I'll let, uh, I don't want to take too much about the individual performances. Um, cause I, I'm sure Mike's going to want to talk about that as well. Uh, but I mean, players like, like Winks, like Delhi, if you had asked anybody before the game, it would have been. Yeah, you know, if they if they leave in January, it's whatever, you know, no loss. But uh, having watched that Liverpool game, it's like, oh, OK, hold on. Like, wh- what has Conte done to these guys? Because they look noticeably different than um, what we're used to seeing. Winks in particular, I mean, I, I was saying it in our uh, WhatsApp chat, uh, like halfway into the first half, like this guy is putting in a man of the match performance. He was just immense in that midfield. Um you know, Delhi I, did well. He could have done a little bit better up top, but it, it was like night and day. It was like a completely different player. Um, I, I don't know what the hell Conte has been doing with these guys, uh, but it it seems to be working at the very least. Um, I, I'm I mean I I I knew Winks had it in him. His passing has always been one of his his biggest assets. He's just always been in a system that doesn't necessarily look to do these quick progressive passes up up top uh, and now that he's kind of given the the runway to take the ball and just real quick turn it over to a to a teammate there he's just been almost like I, i'm gonna say this and, and i know i might get some pushback on it to me his performance in that game and even from what we saw in, in the sub today show that he is somebody pushing for that starting 11 position and at times he looks like he deserves it um which is just absolutely wild to think about in in just a couple of weeks here's somebody who you know if you had said we're gonna sell him in january i'd have been like yeah that's fine no problem and now i'm sitting here like oh well hold on a second if he's somebody that conte thinks is gonna slot into that midfield and, and put up performances like he did against uh against liverpool albeit a weakened midfield in liverpool shit keep him around he's clearly got something to prove uh and it's working out for him so I, i'm you know we've got a lot more games coming up i'm really curious to see what some of these other players can contribute because uh you know some of those you know b team players that got to play against liverpool they looked like they could be you know starting team easy um i guess that's probably my biggest takeaway like klopp is is a magician or not Klopp, Conte's a magician. Klopp's an asshole. Okay. Yeah, sorry, go, go ahead, Dave. I know you no, want to talk. I, I was just going to say Klopp's a crybaby. That, that's, that's my take. And then I just wanted to say before you go, Mike, I never thought that I would say that um, the trio of Winks, Skip, and Hoybier in various combinations gives me a lot of confidence. You know, like based on what we've seen the past couple of matches, I feel... I feel pretty good about that aspect of our midfield, but I'll pass it on to you, Mike. What are your What are your thoughts on Liverpool? Uh, my thoughts on Liverpool are this: uh, I I think I've talked about it probably uh, three or four times on this podcast, and, and you have to be you have to be able to beat the lower table teams. Um, you want to beat or draw the mid table teams, and then you want to hope for not a loss against those upper table teams but if you do lose to them it's not a you know the top four or five teams it's not a big deal if you do lose to them as long as you are you know doing your job in the mid and lower table um that said like this is what i'm talking i always talk about is this is the thing that you want to do you take a team like liverpool who was pretty much flying and they got hit by covid but um you know they lost some of their midfield. They lost uh, probably the de- the best defender in the fucking world. You know uh, I don't know that Harry Kane scores that goal if that's Van Dyke. You know running him down. Um, though it was it, that was a classic kind of Harry Kane well placed fucking goal. I mean that was a really nice ball. Um, but 
you know, to kind of pile on to what Steve said, uh, the man of the match was definitely Harry Winks. Um, uh, he's he's such a good holding midfielder, um, and, and I know that I give I, I give a lot of shit to Harry Winks. I give a lot of shit to to our friend Nikki, uh, that we affectionately call Nikki Winks, um, because he's such a Winks apologist. But I I gotta I gotta really say like this is a guy who's out there throwing everything out there on the field saying I I came up here I grew up here this is where I want to be I want to be on this team um select me and and I'll show you what I can do that guy's fucking passing I mean it reminded me of what he was right in like 17 18 18 19 like when you got those classic performances out of the young kid and he is such, and he's still only 25 years old. You, you, you kind of, you've seen him for, for so long that you, you kind of lose that a little bit, right? Sometimes. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I saw a good performance out of basically everyone. Everyone had a, at least a decent performance. And I think this is a team that could have competed, you know, with a full strength Liverpool squad and 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 you got to actually go back and look at our squad too and say this isn't this wasn't our preferred starting 11 right so oh we were we were coming off COVID too and coming yeah, off man. guys that didn't get exactly. to get the train yeah absolutely and we still we still don't have Romero out there so we're we're playing with Davidson Sanchez Dyer's been Jesus Christ that fucking guy looked world class in that game the the way that the way that Dyer and 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 Davis, um, and Sessignon even like shut down Mo Salah, like no chance. Like that guy had no chance against against Davis. It, it, you know, I, I gotta tell, I, I I give I give him all the credit in the world too. That guy looks he looks world class right now because he's in a system now that that suits him, right? And we always kind of made fun of him a little bit, and but th- this guy's this guy pushes forward. He he comes forward with, with the ball. He comes forward without the ball. He's physical. He's tough. Um, he he knows how to switch his man responsibilities when he needs to, and he knows when to push forward when he needs to, and he, he he's able to have a good connection with Sessignon, who had a fantastic game as well. Who also had a fantastic game. The guy was awesome. Like everybody had a like, except for maybe Emerson had a so-so game. He didn't have a terrible game. He didn't have a bad game. And Dave Sanchez had some some. He put in some tackles and he had some great takeaways. Some great takeaways. He had some tackles that in the past would have been, you know, in the box penalty immediately. You know, or he would have fucking missed the ball. Send it out or hit the ball out for a corner, and we would have we would have ended up conceding on on a corner because we're terrible in set pieces. Um, the the other thing I'd like to mention too is that like when you see this Tottenham team um, with this coach, he he must have instilled something in these guys to say, you know, okay, we've we've conceded this goal, we've given up the lead, you know we can actually play with this team. We're not going to put our heads down and just kind of, sorry, <laughs> my dad calling. Mike's, Mike's landline is going off everyone. Just so you know, that wasn't my landline. You asshole. <laughs> oh, you just, you just, you just chose the, uh, I use, I use that ringtone. ringtone for my dad because he's, he's old as hell. Nice. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, like, I don't even know where I was. Just rambling, but you're talking about we go down a goal, but we can hang with these. Oh yeah, guys. yeah. So these guys, yeah, these guys, they don't drop their heads. They pick up their heads and they just say, "Okay, we're good enough to run with this team. Let's go. Let's go play. Let's go play." And we talked about it a few weeks ago. We could see the bones of what's happening. It, this stuff is actually starting to bear fruit, and you know this this tree is bearing fruit earlier than maybe we thought it would. Yeah, you know, and I, I'm not trying to jump ahead. This is this was not the. This was a similar club that got put out there against Murrah, and and we didn't fucking perform. No, but we not, went out and we went out and performed against Liverpool, 
And maybe it has something to do with the home crowd. It could. But I, I guarantee the sound in that place was fucking deafening. Yeah, as a spectator, the, the sound was really cool uh, Sunday and, and the match day. And Mike, not trying to jump ahead, but just a, a comment from today. Um, the match with West Ham, like, went up a goal, they equalized. Never once did I feel like, oh, there's an issue here. We can't play with these guys and we can't, we can't get the go ahead. And then what you saw was we were up two one for the entire second half. And for me, that never felt in jeopardy against it, a West Ham like a, yeah, team. Like that, a completely that is, different team. Feels like a completely different team. So I don't want to get too far away from Liverpool yet. But, but you know, yeah, I mean, like totally again, team. Liverpool, like even Ndombele, Ndombele had some nice passes. The guy's great with the ball at his feet. Um, and, and, and again, I, I I hesitate to call him lazy. He's not lazy. He just looks that way. The, the way he plays is kind of slow and methodical, but his feet are his feet are going at a different speed than his body. It's really weird to watch. It's kind of like it's it's kind of like he's got two different halves of his body, so it kind of makes him look a little lazy, a little lackadaisical. But um, I I think I think the guy that earned the most here, other than Harry Winks, obviously was was Delhi because last week we were like, you know, he had said he he wanted to leave, well rumored that he said he wanted to leave, and we were like, okay, cool. I don't think we're cool with it anymore. I am. You are. I'm still. I'm still cool. With that. I think. I think Delhi put in a shift, but I think Delhi was in the window, um, and I think Delhi is still rusty, and maybe more time gets gets him away from that rust. But I think. I think he still shows a lot of areas where he could be a better a better player and a more consistent player. But I'm probably in the minority with that opinion. I don't. Oh, know. I think. I, he, I, I, I think. I, think I think I wouldn't be too disappointed if they sold him. Um. I might be a little disappointed, but like at the same time, I, you know, it's probably coming and he deserves probably to be at a different place if, if that's what he wants. You know, I'd, I'd rather him not be sold and Conte get something out of him, but if he's not going to get anything out of him. Yeah. Yeah. I and I think, I think my mindset, and not to just break it down this way, but every player that the, the club, club has is an asset, right? And, if Delhi's not going to be able to maximize his value to the team, either from a contribution standpoint or a financial standpoint, you want to put him in a place where he can. So, you know, when it's all said and done and his contract's winding up, he's, he's going to be sold somewhere else or he's going to be renewed. So I'd almost rather see him loan somewhere where he could put in some really good effort and prove his value and either come back to us with a, with a, his bar raised for himself and higher expectations for himself, or okay. he's proven he's proven how much he's worth and somebody will pay top dollar for him. That's what like I a Lingard situation, right? I mean, totally. Yeah. Uh, except that he's still, he's now on the back burner again at Man U. He was True. a fucking world beater last year for, for West Ham, you know? You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Hey, let's talk, uh, let's talk just post match reaction. So uh, uh, a draw, a draw for Liverpool away at Spurs, and it's like the sky was falling for them. Um, you guys have any comments on on the post match Liverpool reaction? Anything? Yeah, Klopp needs to shut the fuck up. I can't believe that guy gets away with so much shit. You know, I remember back when uh, you know Pochettino criticized one of the refs, um, and he didn't even really say anything that was like that bad either. Uh, and he got fined and, and suspended, I think. Uh, and Klopp just fucking goes out and calls this guy out for being garbage. And let's be fair. I mean, he was pretty bad. Oh, he was, he was pretty awful. He was awful on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Yeah. And VAR wasn't, you know, great either. Um, so it, it's not like he, he doesn't have a, a leg to stand on. It's that he gets to go out there and just shit talk the ref and nothing happens. It's right, it's like the right. worst double standard in the league. If Klopp does it, it's okay. But any other coach and they're fined and, and sanctioned. Um, so, uh, you know, that just pisses me off. And, and on top of that, it's, you know, I think all of us could agree that Kane probably should have seen red for that challenge. Um, but you know, it, it seems like Liverpool wants to make him out to be like some kind of 
murderer or something like he he's like this bloodthirsty lunatic looking to take the heads off of his opponents it's like you know that's a tackle you see at least a couple of times every weekend uh it's not a great one it probably should have been sent off it didn't it sucks but the ref was not great i you get it I, I you know what i always i kind of liken that to the uh the um Tom Brady always gets the roughing the passer call or Aaron Rodgers always gets that roughing the passer call, right? It's he's barely touched and he falls over. <clears throat> um, you're not going to make, you're not going to make that call go against Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. You're going to, you're going to make that call go against Harry Kane. No, no. Right. Right. Especially if that's Eric like, Lamella, if that's Eric Lamella, that's red, but that's because up. it's Eric Lamella. No, no, right? not Eric Lamella. Cause it took him his entire career as far as to get a red card. That's true, but he wasn't. He, was a, he was a shithouser, no question. No, no, no. Yeah, Sessignon, you're gone. Tanganga, you're gone. <laughs> but no, yeah, true. So true, Steve. So true. Like he should have been sent off. We all know it. And then you know, and then obviously Ar comes back, comes back later in the game, and he wants his fucking revenge. So he's gonna take it out on Emerson. Fucking yeah. man up, dude. Fucking man up, you pussy. Yeah. Yeah, he was just salty. He come he back, got, at, come back at Harry Kane and see what happens to you. Yeah, he got embarrassed and he took it out and paid the price. Yeah, later yeah. on in the game. But yep. that's the other thing, right? Like, there's that that equivalency that they keep trying to make. Like, oh well, you know, Robertson got sent off for a challenge. It's like, yeah, well, he should have too. Like, <laughs> you can't just chalk one thing off because somebody else didn't. You know, somebody else got away with the. Uh, with the challenge like that that's not how this works you don't get to say well he got away with it so now I, two wrongs don't make a right you'll learn that in like first fucking grade all right like stop with that i'm so sick of hearing but he did this and he did that <laughs> it doesn't matter it's an isolated incident it's treated as such it's unlucky that kane got away with his but robinson deserve to be sent off for that challenge well you know there were a lot of makeup calls too steve like i don't care what the the rule says because the 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 rules are interpreted different by every single referee in the game every single referee and you know as well as anybody else that these referees are in they're all in league together they don't want to like the var ref doesn't want to piss off any of the refs on the field because they're all buddies and they're all in the same they're on the same same little club or whatever so the var ref is going to go with whatever the guy says on the field and if if they're if he's in his ear he's going to say hey what do you think well you called it this way on the field all right cool i believe you you know i'm not even going to look at the fucking video because i don't care what that rule says most solid that, that was a fucking handball that was a handball. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that affected the scoring of a goal, right? It did. They, yeah. Yeah. Deli Alley, he might, it was kind of a light touch. And I think Deli was kind of searching for that contact. He kind of pulled back and searched for that contact a little bit. I got to tell you, dude, it's still a penalty. You put your hand on a guy in the box going for the goal. I don't give a shit. It's a fucking penalty. You put your hand on him and he falls over, it's a penalty. In any other world, it's a penalty. Um, so, I mean, there were some makeup calls there. You know, I mean, it, it happened. The, the referee was fucking awful. We all admit it. Let's move on. But Jurgen Klopp and his 335 teeth in his face, you know, has to make, has to make, I, I swear to God, that guy's got too many teeth for his head. He might be an <laughs> alien. Um. He has to he has to complain about everything. If if the result doesn't go his way, it's never his team's fault. It's never his tactics' fault. It's the referee's fault. It's the league's fault for doing for doing something. He complained about he he, he knew that if he didn't have a result in this game that that was favorable to him, he complained previous to the game happening about Spurs not not telling them who was out with COVID, which players he said, Oh, well, we say which, which of our players are out. Well, it's a personal, it's a personal medical thing. You know, when the team sheet comes out, you'll know who had COVID 
and we know it was probably Galini. You know, it was probably Romero or whomever else, you know, that, that didn't make the team. Uh, it was probably Galini because Brandon Austin would never make the team sheet. Ever. Even though he probably should at this point. He's probably the guy. But I digress. All good, Mike. All good. Mike's, hey, Mike's I... rant, you know, for the night. Hey, a Mike rant is always always worthwhile. We're we're happy to have it. Um, I think we should pivot. I think we should pivot to our our favorite segment. You ready, Mike? Oh yeah, sure. We want to know what you're drinking. So the way that we find out is we ask, "Hey, Mike, what you drinking?" Mike tonight is drinking uh, a selection from Good Water Brewery. Uh, I think I've done one before. I think I did the rye with them. Um, today I'm going to do the because. It's, uh, I'm, I'm going to let you know that Steve's eating a chicken sandwich right now. He just told us this. Steve, <laughs> I was, I was holding off on eating until after we were done, but go ahead, rub it in, make us feel bad. Yeah, I know. Me too. Um, I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have, uh, from, from Goodwater Brewery, this is the first, first year they've done this beer. Uh, they did a spiced holiday ale. So I figured... You know, it's the holiday season. Uh, Christmas is coming up. Uh, it's coming upon us quickly. So uh, this is probably the perfect beer to do uh, before our next recording. Um, the Spiced Holiday Ale. It says, uh, it, it is a winter delight. A variety of grains give it a warm amber color and a refined malt character. This mix of grains also provides a sweetness and complexity. So they used cinnamon and ginger and orange peel, which is typical in any holiday ale you know i mean um they also it says they added more spices during fermentation uh it says that it's a truly enjoyable beer to ring in the holiday season so um let's let's give this a, a little crack open uh typically the good water labels aren't real special there's nothing special about them they usually pretty plain they have just their um, just their logo on there, which is it, probably the coolest logo of any brewery I've ever seen. Uh, but this one's kind of neat. It's got like a little holiday colored kind of maroon label with, uh, with some little bubbles coming up that look like snowflakes. It might be snowflakes falling, but it's, it's pretty cool. So let's open this up and see what we get. Again, I'm sorry guys. Cause I, I, I know I can hear myself talking and I'm very stuffy, but. You're not bad, buddy. Can't even tell. The, the story. I didn't know you were Canadian saying words like sorry. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, hey, don't very... alienate our Canadian listeners. I did that last week. Exactly. exactly. I feel like I'm watching You Can't Do That on Television on Nickelodeon when I was a kid back in the, the early 80s. Mike, I don't know if you remember that. Steve, you weren't born, but Mike might. Um, as, as much as Alistair was in love with Alanis, so Ooh. was I. There you are, buddy. Well done. Oh, yeah. And who didn't want to? Who didn't want to try a barf burger? <laughs> All right. So, oh boy, this pours nicely. It uh, it's very, it's very uh, like they said, amber. Um, I'm gonna try and give this a smell. I don't know how well my my sniffer is working today, but Mike, forgive uh, my distraction. What's what's the name of this one? Once more. This one is just called uh, Spiced Holiday Ale. Spiced holiday ale. You're they making don't beat me around think. the bush. You know, they, sometimes they have like a a, a a fancy name, but they don't beat around the bush. Generally. No, you and I were talking a few weeks ago because I picked up a, a holiday themed uh, brew and it was terrible. So we were talking about how they can be risky proposition. Yeah. Oh, oh, I think you froze, Dave. David froze. So of course they they can be a risky proposition. I think Dave's internet is gone. That's what happens when you live in the middle of nowhere, Vermont. Um, I guess so. I'm going to taste this, see if Dave can uh, figure it out. What's going to happen? It's going to devolve into chaos again. Um, That's right. We're used to that. Exactly. Let's drink this and see what happens. I'm trying to find it on Beer Advocate, but their website's garbage. Oh, I have to log in to search. That's right. That's stupid. Okay, so that's that's a really good beer. Um, I gotta say that like this, 
Oh, there's Dave again. He's back. You're muted. But. Yeah, you keep you totally just keep phrasing. It's kind of it's kind of it's kind of humorous. Yeah, with some of the greatest facial expressions I've seen. Oh, I know. It's great. So we had a little technical difficulty there. Um, <clears throat> but um, so we got into the spiced holiday ale. I, I, I taste the cinnamon, uh, even though I do have this the stuffy nose and everything. It's I, I, I'm getting my taste and smell back. Uh, I didn't have it earlier today. Uh, lunch was a little, lunch was a little fun. Um, but you do taste the ginger, you taste the cinnamon coming out. Um, you know, it, it's all those typical Christmas spices, you know, it's kind of like a, it, it tastes kind of like a malty, uh, spiced eggnog without the, without that, you know, creamy revolting mouthfeel, I guess. Um, I don't know if Steve has uh, actually found a beer advocate review. I have not. Oh, I would love to hear you read one of these because I think that I think that would be really funny, but um no such luck. Maybe next time. Yeah, I mean it's it's probably a new it's a new beer, so it's probably got very few uh, reviews on it. I think as far as the spiced holiday ale goes, like I haven't had a ton of them. Um but I I can say this is a pretty good one. Like I I can drink this. It feels like it's one of their uh it's very similar to their red ale. I'm sure it's a lot of uh, a lot of the same malts and, and grains that they use. Um, so, you know, paired with all these with these cool spices, these cool Christmas spices. You know, these are all the the, the spices of the holiday. So, um, I really like this beer. It's I, I like them. I like the multi beers. I like a porter. I really do, and I like a red ale. You know, um, it it doesn't really compare to my IPAs that I love, but um, I would I would drink a, a few of these on the holiday. Uh, you know, sitting there watching watching the kids play with their uh, with their Christmas gifts, their Christmas toys, uh, watching you know whatever holiday movie is uh, happens to be on the TV in the background, cooking dinner, you know, having some having some family over. This is a, definitely a good beer to to drink uh and it's pretty smooth i really like it um i'm gonna give it a 3.2 all right all right 3.2 and mike good job with the description of the uh the best place to enjoy it that that's always a good good layer to add to, to the conversation well, i had to i had to do that dave because i knew you were you were coming in hot with a question so <laughs> you knew i was coming with that absolutely well done that's all right while he's frozen i've got you know what? I'm going to jump into this quote um, that I saw because I, I I really want to hear your take on it, Mike. It's from Conte's uh, post-match today. He says, Lucas Moore is one of the best players in our squad. He links quality with quantity, and he's also a wonderful person. You always find him a smile, and I love to work with these types of players. Thoughts? Thoughts. So my thoughts on that, straight off the bat, dude, is all the stuff that I've always been saying you know, people give him a lot of shit, a lot of shit for not scoring goals. Um, you know what? Two years ago, um, he got a contract extension for five years. There's a reason for that. There's a reason that he's been picked by every single coach that he's had. You know, it, I mean, he was uh, he was in the starting eleven. Every single game that Jose Mourinho was here, right? Like, the only guy didn't really pick him was Ryan Mason. But, um, so, I really, uh, I, I, I really love Lucas, and I, I, I love his enthusiasm. There's a, like I said, I like I always say, there's a reason that this guy is on the team sheet all the time. And it's because he goes out there, he works his ass off in practice, he works his ass off in the games, and he he has this enthusiasm for the game that, that children have, right? He's almost like a child. And I do I follow him on Instagram and and and, and seeing Lucas Mora on Instagram, it's it's kind of funny. You can tell that like he's not necessarily comfortable with having other people run his Instagram, 
like most celebrities and, and athletes do. But he he's always with his kids, you know? He looks like he wants to be a great dad. So he's with his kids. He's with his family. He's playing ball with his kids. He brings his kids to the, you know, to the stadium. I, you, I don't know if you remember that that scene where, you know, his little one year old is out there just walking, just barely walking, kicking the ball, and the crowd going crazy for him. Lucas Moore is that little kid at the same time. But um, I just I I I really like that in a player and. I don't know, like at the end of the, the the broadcast today on ESPN was great because at the end of the game, they're going around and they're showing everybody, we haven't talked about today's game yet, but I'm going <clears> to <throat> talk about Lucas Mora because he got taken off and they're going around showing everybody, you know, clapping the, clapping the crowd, clapping the, the fans. Um, I really appreciated the West Ham fans today, clapping the Tottenham fans too. Um, they didn't just go to their end where their fans were. Um, but Lucas Moore is out there while glory, glory Tottenham Hotspur is playing. He's singing it. The camera's following him and he's singing it. And even when the camera pans off of him, you can hear his, you can hear his voice and he's singing glory, glory Tottenham Hotspur. There's not a guy on this team who's more coys than, than Lucas Moore. There's not a guy. There's not a guy probably anywhere in the organization, maybe other than Ledley, because that guy keeps getting stepped on every every fucking chance they get. They step on Ledley, and he still takes their shit, and he's still an ambassador for the team. Um, but there's not a guy who's more coy than Lucas Mora, and there may not be a guy who's ever been more coy than Lucas Mora. And I appreciate that. And the guy's a hard worker... And maybe he's not right for the starting eleven every every game, but maybe he is right for this team forevermore. Well said. Very well said, Steve. How about you use that to to segue into talking about today's match and what what you saw, what you liked? Um. What? <laughs> yeah. So again, this is another game where. Uh, Conte subverting our expectations. You know, we started this game, we were all chatting and, and literally like the first 15 minutes of this conversation was literally like, uh, Bergwijn's terrible. He's got to go. He offers nothing. Um, Absolutely. That's what we were saying. No question. Yeah. And, you know, uh, <laughs> and of course I made the, this comment, like, you know, Conte does, uh, you know, he, he, when he includes some of these players in the team, it makes you wonder if, uh, if it's cause he sees something that we don't, or if it's at a necessity. And I said, this one looks like it's at a necessity. And then Bergwijn made me eat my words. Uh, I, you know, to be fair, he was rough around the edges for Man, uh, he a good awful. chunk. Man, he looked awful. Uh, but you know, he, he got his goal. He did well to set up the second, um, he looked like he had some of his confidence back. He's not all the way there, but you could see visibly after that first goal went in, some of the more positive aspects of his play um, improved. His holdup, you know, his his back to goal, his linking up with his teammates. Uh, again, he's, he's got a ways to go still, but, you know, he looks to be another player that Conte seems to be working his magic on. Um, and I, I gotta say it's, it's almost difficult to, to really truly understand which players are bad anymore. <laughs> I'm just going to say it right. Like it, it, if Conte selecting them, I got to trust that this guy clearly knows something we don't cause he's getting some of the, uh, lowest rated folks on the team to, to, perform miracles on the pitch it's it's wild um and it, i i, I want to read you this other quote from his uh, his post-match conference today he says uh you know i see the positive aspect for us managing the tired uh covet players properly uh i'm giving the possibility to other players to play and show that they deserve to stay here at tottenham and it's working i mean these players are going out and they're doing things that 
honestly, I don't think any of us thought they would be capable of doing um, in their, you know, cameo appearances under previous managers and even early into Conte's tenure. Um, but whatever he's been doing with them over this, you know, these last few postponed games, uh, it's working. And, you know, you guys said it best earlier. Like, I think we're hitting a point in, in his tenure that we didn't quite expect it right like so soon right like these players are are putting in a performance and making us feel confident in the team and i'm still saying that reluctantly because i'm expecting something to you know to happen but you know we had a covid outbreak we had to field some um you know b team players against liverpool and did well we went into a cup time a cup tie today that i i honestly think you know, when it was announced way back when, all of us expected to lose this. Um, and now we're, we're walking away with a, a comfortable win and, and feeling like, you know, we could almost go all the way in this competition. Like there, there's a distinct possibility that Spurs can win the Carabao Cup now. And that still feels wrong to me. Like, I, 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 I'm struggling with... Uh, you know, trying to to single out anybody's really truly poor performance. I thought Lucas looked sharp. Um, you know, again, not everything he does comes off, but rather than run at players and and try to use his pace to win, he's making a lot more progressive passes. He's looking for the runners in behind, and when it works, it works great. Um, you know, Hobby, of course, got bloodied again early on. You know, that dude seems to be a magnet for injury. I love that uh, you're calling him Hobby. Is that is that your own thing, or have you heard that? Somewhere? No, Conte called him Hobby in his it's first Conte, uh, yeah. You know yeah. what, dude? Maybe, okay. I, I just called <laughs> myself out on the podcast. That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um, no, but, you well, know. Maybe the last time, Mike. Don't worry about it. I, I call him, I, I just call him the Hodge. The Hodge. The Hodge. <laughs> Now, nah, but like I said, most of these players, you know, Dyer had one mistake that cost us, um, but otherwise was solid. Sanchez was solid. Davies, like, I, it, it's hard for me to find players, like even Darby, who I still think is terrible and should go, was serviceable. I'll give him serviceable. I won't say he was good or great, but he wasn't dog shit. I think he was a five today, man. He was a five. Right. Yeah, Sir, yeah. He was the, he seemed to be the only guy who who had a, a, an even close to serviceable cross. He was serviceable and I loved how the the single ESPN announcer kept calling him dirty. <laughs> he he legit dirty. called him dirty. <laughs> it's driving me nuts. But yeah, you know, it, if there's anything I gained from these last few games under Conte, it's that we we have a chance with Conte running things if he gets the support and the buy-in mostly from the management because it looks like the players are are on board with what he's doing based on what we've seen so far uh, you know on the pitch if management buys into him the spurs are going to be a, a, an absolutely dangerous team for anybody in the league to play um you know even when they announced that that we drew chelsea i i looked at that and went all right yeah that's not a big deal that's probably a good result for us like chelsea right the team that at the beginning of the season i i think all of us thought would be uh title contenders under under uh, tuchel um and now we're looking at it like eh, whatever you know it's probably a good result for us it's wild i, I i'm loving the direction that conte's taken this team uh and even more i'm loving that some of these fringe players are taking it seriously. And, and even if it's just, you know, to get a move away for more regular playing time, you know, they're doing what Kane didn't. They're actually showing up and performing to get the move instead of throwing a hissy fit about it. Uh, so, you know, kudos to the players, but it's gotta be, it's the content effect. I, it has to be. Nuno couldn't get, anything out of this team and Conte has taken the same players and made them look like world beaters. What's Steve, Mike, what, what did you take away from today? What do you think? Well, the, I just want to re- respond to Steve a little bit. Uh, the difference between Conte and Nuno is that Nuno's a nice guy and <clears throat> Conte is fucking annoyed at everything all the time. 
all the time. Like I, I don't know, like I don't know if you watch like Conte Cam. Like they always put out like Spurs always put out Conte Cam. They did it a little bit with Jose too, but like Conte Cam's way more fun. And you know he's his arms are flailing all over the place. There was one point on Conte Cam where like Jurgen got up and he was yelling at the refs, so Conte just kind of like went as far over into his little box that he could and was shouting, trying trying to out-shout Klopp. And he, you know, like a true Italian, you know, I have, Ita- I, I, I have Italian relatives and, and I got to tell you that, like, they talk with their hands a lot. And they're always throwing their arms about when they're, when they're animated, right? So he's like a true, he's like a true Italian and he goes out there and like, and he was, it, it, he's super animated. Um, I, I love that about Conte, and, and it's it's just fun watching the Conte cam. But it's, um, so as far as today goes, I, I, there wasn't any point where I thought, ah, we're in trouble here, except for the last, like, four or five minutes of the game. Guys were getting tired. We put, we put, I thought the subs were probably perfect, perfectly placed. I forgot there were five subs, and uh, <clears throat> so the, the the subs were probably perfectly placed. You know, I think I think Conte knew that they weren't getting any more goals out of this team, even w- with the with the subs he put on. So he put the two defensive subs on late. Um, I thought Doherty was fine. I thought that um, Winks was. Winks was do, trying to do a little too much I, I, at times. I think in his in his sub uh, in his sub appearance, um, Delhi didn't really contribute much. I I, th- I think it took like five minutes, five to eight minutes before he even touched the ball. Um, I, I I thought the performance of the game actually, believe it or not, was Harry Kane, and and here's why. Um, I I think that that. That goal that he scored at you know in the uh, on the weekend really lit a fire under his ass. That guy was making challenges. He was he was pressing when he didn't need to press, you know. And and, and that's not a bad thing. Um, he was all over the field. He was he was running. I mean, and, and to the guy's credit, he doesn't run very fast. He runs hard though, and when he's playing hard, he looks like he wants to play hard and be there. And and maybe again, he's trying to play for that hundred million dollar deal or whatever it is he, he wants to be moved. But and he realizes that that's what it's going to take. But he went out there and 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 gave everything. And that guy and that guy put in he put in a shift today, man. He came into work. He punched. He punched in, and. He made, you know, he made more than his quota in widgets. You know, I and I and I really think that uh, I really think that, barring the fact that he didn't score, like he he might be my man of the match. I mean, he was making some great tackles. He he and he was, like I said, he was being physical. He was pressing the ball. Um, I think that on the he probably looked. He probably on the on the past the sunny. He probably looked to his right and his left, and he said, "Okay, I've got Sonny or Davis." <laughs> I think Davis probably would have buried that ball um, because he had the he had the keeper going the wrong way. Uh, the 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 one problem I saw with today, and I saw a little bit in the Liverpool match, was that Sonny's first touches are have been very very heavy lately. Very heavy first touches, and when he gets going with the ball, he's got the ball way too far in front of him, you know. And I and I I stress this with my son constantly, when he gets upset that like he loses the ball so easily, um, is that like keep the ball at your feet, you know? And the coaches tell him that too, um, and I'm I'm sure he's you know he's a professional. He doesn't need to be told that. And I'm sure he he recognizes what's going on, but he's just got to find a way to fix it. Um, 
I didn't appreciate a couple of the guys that are at our uh, weekend match in our in our supporters club complaining about Sonny, um, saying that he's always pussyfooting around and he's always trying to make fancy moves and stuff. And Sonny's not that type of guy. the 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 thing that the thing that Sonny is is he's great with the ball at his feet. You know, he's just kind of he's falling into this new role that the, that he's been given and he works really well with Harry Kane as a front two and I think and I think that's going to be a big deal moving forward for Spurs. Um so I I I'm not really worried about Sonny. Um I am worried about Ndombele and and I'm worried about uh Lo or Lacelso, whoever however you want to pronounce it. Those are the guys who are going to be gone. I've I've already decided that in my mind. Um those are the two guys who are going to be gone whether it's in January or whether it's in the spring/summer. Those guys don't fit into the squad. We're going to have guys to replace them coming in and we're going to have a backup for Harry Kane. So I mean but Harry Kane's my guy, man, right now. Like he showed it to me. He's he's he showed it to me the last two matches. That he wants to be here. Never thought I'd hear you say that, Mike. Never thought. No, after. no, no. That, but, you're completely right. And I and but, I said earlier that I would not say his name. I called him number ten. You did. You did. You are. You called him HK ten. You're calling him by his given Florida name man. now. Yeah. Um, two things to say. One, you just made me think with Lacelso. It's interesting when he first came to Spurs. I remember there was some debate about how to say his name. I had been like just reading it as. Lachelso, I thought that was the right thing, and then it was made clear it's Lacelso. But if you listen to Romero say Lacelso's name, he says Lachelso. So I'm really curious about what the actual pronunciation is. But that's a side point. The one thing we haven't talked about as it relates to today, but also to numerous previous matches, Hugo Lloris. Uh, Hugo oh, Lloris was was man of the match today without question, and I think is showing himself to be the best shot stopper in the world at the moment. Like he is absolutely phenomenal and the the goal that West Ham put in in many ways Hugo was just exhausted right he'd been getting the crap beat out of him flying all over the place and they just had relentless pressure on us we know that his foot is not that you know his leg and his foot are not that impressive but in terms of shot stopping leaping you know Galini would have just literally been standing there with concrete shoes on and not even moving on on many of those shots wearing a ball cap we're wearing a ball cap but Larice is he has been phenomenal as of late. Um, he was my man of the match, no question. Agreed. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, this guy, this guy, you know, he could he could be called man of the match for, for many of of Spurs, uh, many of Spurs wins. I mean, the, uh, there's a reason he's the captain. You know, you don't see a lot of the a lot of that happening. The goalkeeper's the captain, right? <clears throat> he's vocal. He's always yelling at guys. Uh, he knows where guys need to be placed to play. Uh, I think I, I think a lot of the credit that Dyer and Davis have had, like, have been given, it probably, probably goes don't. to Larice. I mean, even even Regulon. Uh, and to boot, he's got a cool new haircut, right? So that's kind of cool. He's got a cool hip young young guy's haircut. I don't, you can't put that past me, Dave. You know, I, I saw that nice little fade he had going on, you know, the tapered fade. It's very nice. As long as he doesn't, doesn't go now. with the, like, as long as he doesn't get the Academy haircut, right? Like that's, that's the one we want to avoid that, is that. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> those, those kids are brutal, <laughs> the, the, man. The Somebody Phil Foden needs... fucking Bingo. Harvey White haircut. Somebody needs to talk to those kids with the Academy oh, it's Jack Clark. It's Jack Clark who has a haircut, yeah. right? Yeah. It's 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 the it's the mom put the ball in the kid's head and just like cut it off right there. <laughs> no no question. No question. Hey, let's get to uh let's get to closing thoughts. We're actually we're we're hitting the the wrap up hour. So, uh Steve, let's start with you. What are your closing thoughts as we wrap up? Uh just that I'm really looking forward to uh the next couple of matches. Um, you know, I always worry this time of year because typically Spurs have one strong starting team and that's it and you know when when there's so many matches that pile up and they're forced to rotate things get dicey real quick but what i've seen from from content from the team is that that 
I might not need to be worried as much. Um, you know, a lot of these uh, players look like they're buying into the system. They're doing what Conte's asking of them. And if they don't, they don't see the light of day. Um, and it, honestly, it kind of feels, you know, for me, it's not so much that I feel the mentality of these players has changed and they feel like they can win it. I feel like it's more like they're afraid that if they lose, Conte will murder them. Uh, and so their performances are almost exclusively self-serving in the sense that they don't want to be running, uh, you know, suicides for the next several hours after a game if they give it away. Um, but you know what? If it works, it works. I'll take it. And uh, I, I can't wait for the next one. That's what it takes, right, Steve? There you go. Uh, Mike, how about you? Closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. Um <clears throat> Looking forward, uh, I think we're gonna have a we're gonna have a nice Boxing Day. Like these festive fixtures are always like you always kind of get up for them, and then they're like somehow it's kind of like there's joy and disappointment in all of it. And I love the festive fixtures because there's always something going on, right? There's always games to watch, whether you're watching whether you're watching your Spurs. Or whether you're watching, you know, other teams that you need to to either win or lose in, in in the in the you know to get your Spurs back up in the table, it's it's always fun to watch because there's so much going on in the in the Premier League, and I love that about soccer. You know, um, there's there's going to be a game on almost every single day, right? Going through this whole this whole situation, and like Boxing Day is the big day where like everybody plays, and and uh, Boxing Day will be a big day for me because I uh, go back to work, and then I'm off for a whole week after that. So um, I can tell you that, like, things are looking up for Spurs. We, 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 like I said, we saw that we saw the bones of what was happening. It's starting to bear fruit now, and, you know, we can all say, oh, well, you know, we played Norwich, you know, you know, and we got we got that win here. We got this win, we got that win, but they were against shitty teams. But the Liverpool game was the game that that showed us that this shit is for real, and that Conte's for real. And when you go up against a Conte-led team, it's not to be taken for granted. And I think Jurgen Klopp saw that, and I think he got frustrated by it. And I think that's that's why he flipped the fuck out in his press conference. Um, I don't think Jurgen Klopp's a terrible coach. I think he's a. I think he's a. He's probably one of the best coaches in the world. Uh, he's given a lot of resources, um, but I think Spurs Spurs are looking up, and I, I think we're going to be happy uh, come the end of Southampton. Um, but all this said, I I need to mention something that. I never really noticed, but it fucking really bothered me today. At the end of the Liverpool match today, um, I thought that they would sing "You'll Never Walk Alone." Uh, you, you know, which is it's it's been played in, in Pink Floyd songs, and you know, uh, at the end of Pink Floyd songs, but uh, it's I heard my Boston Red Sox we just won the game song which is a it's a song called Dirty Water it's by the Standells um it's a song about Boston uh from a group a musical group who never ever 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 went to Boston but the song's about the Charles River in Boston and the song's called Dirty Water and they played that after Liverpool won and it just kind of it kind of made me think, fuck, my Boston Red Sox own Liverpool. I do not like Liverpool. I never really liked Liverpool, even when they were kind of like when I when I first came into the Liverpool wasn't big yet. So when I first started watching soccer, uh, Liverpool had just been bought by Fenway Sports Group, basically. So. We got on Nesson, N-E-S-N, 
which is the Red Sox network, we we saw some Liverpool games. That was before NBC uh, NBC got the contract, and I thought it was cool that they bought a Premier League team. And now I hate it. I hate it. Don't you fucking play dirty water at those fucking games anymore. Anymore. Sing your stupid little fucking You'll Never Walk Alone song. Do not play Dirty Water. I love it, Mike. I think we just got our uh, episode title, Dirty Water. That might be that might be the one. Perfect. We, we could very well go with that. Um, well, I, I just want to remind everybody that uh, this has been Wicked Spursy. We are on... Uh, we're on Twitter at Wicked Spursy. Um, we're also on Facebook at Wicked Spursy. Uh, and you can find us on all of the podcast platforms, uh, Apple, Spotify, uh, Google Play, uh, Amazon, uh, any of your, any of your, your podcast, uh, your podcast needs have had the Wicked Spursy podcast. So just, uh, if you want, want to leave us any kind of, uh, messages or have any questions for us please uh feel free to do so on twitter and uh and and facebook and uh until then uh merry christmas to everyone and happy holiday if you don't celebrate christmas and uh come on you spurs get your fucking vaccines be safe